Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And let us pray. Gracious God, may the words, my mouth, and meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our first scripture lesson comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading this morning is Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. Hear the word of the Lord. What then shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the word of God. As Paul was writing his letter to the Romans, 
He wasn't just wishful thinking or writing about something he knew nothing about. Paul declared with absolute certainty that no danger to our physical, emotional, or spiritual well-being that we can possibly think of is able to separate us from the love of God now or in the future. Paul was convinced that our bond with God is unbreakable. God is and will always be by our side and on our side. In this time when long-held values and beliefs and our security are being questioned, Paul's words are worthy of consideration. Consider the news we hear every day. Some of the news reports give new meaning to the old adage, no news is good news. Thanks to television and the internet, the sounds and images of tragedy and suffering are brought into our homes and wherever we are within seconds of happening. No detail is too personal or too shocking to be shown, nor can it be repeated too often. So if we choose to limit our children's TV time and for ourselves to turn off the news and escape to less traumatic programming, as Paul would ask, who is in a position to condemn? Some news weighs so heavy on our hearts, we need to take a break to process it all. And to remind ourselves there are a lot of good things happening in this world, things to be thankful for, things that may not be sensational, but they are decent, and they are honorable, and they are good, and they are newsworthy. We can't help but be touched by what we see and hear on the news and by the challenges we face in our own lives. In every worship service, we lift up to God in prayer our concerns for ourselves and for one another, for family, friends, acquaintances, for strangers, for the world. We pray for the life of this church and its ministry, for the sick and the grieving, we pray for wisdom and assurance, for healing, peace, and reconciliation. We pray for our children, for our military, police, firefighters, and all first responders, for all who need protection, guidance, and support. Our concerns run deep and they run wide because we are a people who care and because we want to do what we can to help. Through our prayers and our actions, we witness to the good news of Jesus Christ and to the hope it gives us and to the confidence that God hears us and is present in our lives and in the world. We take comfort in our fellowship and our support for one another. And most of all, we take comfort in our faith. While others are focused on what's wrong with the world, we give our attention to what is right with the world the good news of Jesus Christ, and the hope for a better life to come. When sorrow and hard times come, or mass tragedies occur, or natural disasters, we often see people who are not ordinarily giving attention to spiritual things turn toward God, and they seek solidarity and reassurance in worship services. Others blame God for what happened, and they lose confidence in a good and loving God. 
Still others have a, their own belief system, or if they believe, if God exists at all, that God is distant and uninvolved. In any case, we are all affected in some way, some of us receiving comfort in our beliefs and others not. Most, if not all, past and present societies have developed religious and philosophical teachings on how to deal with tragedy, pain, and suffering. Human beings naturally want to make sense of and be provided with handling and hopefully surviving hard times. We all have a need to be equipped for living in the real world where bad things can happen. A number of recent studies have concluded that the society you and I are living in today is one of the weakest and worst in history at helping its members deal with pain and suffering. With no overall guidance for how to deal with tragedy when it occurs, leaders and commentators grasp at almost anything to give meaning to what has happened, from drawing on the resources of various religions, including Christianity, to promoting social reforms they think will make the world a better place. Not that long ago, there were no antibiotics, no wonder drugs, no medical procedures like kidney dialysis, knee and hip replacement, cataract surgery, open heart surgery. These are all blessings that extend lives and improve the quality of life. Before all these medical advances, suffering was expected and it had to be dealt with because there was no alternative. As a result of all the medical and technological advances in recent years, suffering has no place in today's world because in many cases, suffering can be avoided and if not avoided completely, at least managed and the level of pleasure and comfort that is provided in our daily lives is beyond the wildest dreams of our ancestors. There is an expectation that someday robots will do all the dirty work and we won't have to, and through advances in science and time, death too might be avoided. So if our mindset is to prevent suffering of any kind, then there is little incentive for people to learn ways to come to terms with suffering. And inevitably, suffering will occur in some form. There is no way for us to completely avoid pain and suffering. Yet without a means of facing adversity, we should not be surprised that so many people today are anxious and fearful. They are afraid to fly, afraid of crowds, afraid of public places and attending public events. They are afraid of strangers, afraid of the future, afraid of failure, and maybe even afraid to be afraid. For the foreseeable future, hard times are bound to happen but Paul's words give us comfort, and they give us hope. Paul was convinced that hard times and God's enemies are no match for God. God is in control, and God's boundless love for us will see us through any and all things. Illness, disabilities, disappointments, 
pain and suffering, and losses of all kinds. God's love will outlast and defend and defeat all that threatens us. There is no reason to be anxious. There is no reason to fear for those who believe in God's love revealed in Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing that anyone does to us, nothing anyone says to us or about us, nothing that happens to us, nothing, not even death. No one and nothing is strong enough or powerful enough to separate us from God's love, including the sinful things we do and the mistakes we make in our own lives. Paul said, he who did not withhold his own son but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? God gave his only son to redeem us. And who can argue with a love so great as that? According to Paul, there is no reason to be anxious or fearful, discouraged or depressed. Instead, we have every reason to rejoice, to celebrate, and to share the good news. At times, life is hard. Big things and little things piling up over time threaten to undo us. We can't let the evil we see in this world and the discomfort and disappointments and pain that come from being human discourage us and weigh us down. Paul assures us that none will prevail. The power of God's love will prevail. Christ's death on the cross proves God's love for us. And because of the resurrection, everything will be all right in the end because God has the last word. This is the good news. It is much better than the news we see on TV. The good news prepares us to deal with tragedy and suffering. Fear is part of the human condition. Each of us fears something. The Christian response to fear is faith. Faith is trusting God, trusting that God is with us. God doesn't always fix things that trouble us in the way we ask for or the way that we think is best. Yet, trusting that God is with us can give us strength and courage to get us through hard times and give us a sense of inner peace to live without anxiety and fear. Paul wasn't someone who wrote from an ivory tower. Separated from the realities of life, he didn't live a life of seclusion on some lofty mountain retreat or a life of privilege with the rich and powerful merely offering advice about something he knew nothing about. Paul lived and wrote in the real world. Paul knew something about suffering. In his second letter to the Corinthians, Paul described his sufferings as an apostle. He was in prison time and again. 
He endured countless beatings, even a stoning. He was often near death. Traveling on foot, he said, he faced danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from his own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, and danger in the wilderness. He was driven out of more than one city. And at sea, he suffered three shipwrecks and was adrift for a day and a night. And we know that Paul suffered from some physical disability. Yet despite his suffering, Paul persevered in his message to, mission to bring the good news to all who suffer hardship, disability, distress, persecution, peril, and all the things you and I fear most. Paul declared with absolute certainty, and he knew from experience, that no danger that we can possibly think of can separate us from the love of God. Paul experienced and drew comfort from God's constant presence. For Paul, his life was a life with God and for God. He lived his faith in all he said and all he did. Paul's relationship with God was not one in which he turned to God just when he needed God's help. Paul knew in his heart and soul that God was as near as the air he breathed. With every breath, Paul was aware of God's presence. He knew in his mind and in his heart that God would see him through all the hardships he had to endure. So Paul often said that he was content and at peace regardless of his circumstances. And we, too, can be content and at peace regardless of our circumstances. Our relationship with God is not something we can turn on when we want God to do something for us and turn off when God does or doesn't agree to our request. God is always present. God is waiting for us to come to our senses and recognize that God's love is like no other. God's love is unconditional. God's love will never end. God sacrificed his only son to redeem his weak and sinful creatures. Then he raised Jesus from the dead and gave us hope for a new world where all the news is good news. Paul's words assure us that a love like God's is something to celebrate, to rejoice in, to give thanks every moment of every day, regardless of our circumstances. God is with us. God is for us. So who can be against us? No one. God's love will outlast and defeat all that threatens us illness, disability, pain, suffering, loss, and all those threats we see on the news. There is no reason to be anxious. There's no reason to be discouraged. There's no reason to fear for those who believe in God's love revealed in Jesus Christ. 
when news weighs heavy on your heart, remember Paul's words. Nothing is able to separate you from the love of God. God is with you and for you for eternity. Thanks be to God for God's eternal love and grace. Amen.
believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Nothing is able to separate you from the love of God. As you leave this place, go in peace to love and serve the Lord, to love and care for one another. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today 